All right, guys, it's the week of Mid-Ohio. Um, big week here, but me and Mark uh, are blessed to have Jonathan Fisher, Stormy Ridge Stables, with us this morning. Um, he came down here, spent the day with us, and uh, he's going to be going down to Dublin as well. Uh, going to be talking about uh, what he does in the industry as far as he buy. I think he's got an ownership in two stallions, um, and we're going to be talking a lot about the one stallion here. He's got some uh, some news on him, and it's going to be about Q Hall. He also uh, just purchased How Stormy, uh, the number one horse in the Memorial Day trotting sale, this last trotting sale. Uh, but the Q Hall stallion is a stallion we saw come out. Uh, he was on the front of that Busy Beaver, that stallion book. We saw him on the front page there. We saw him in the ads. We saw some nice trifolds of him coming out and a lot of chatter. I know he read a full book of mares. Uh, just very happy to have him here this morning. Uh, Jonathan, why don't you kind of tell us how you're doing and, and what you've got going on uh, on your stallion here at Q Hall? Well, hey, thank you guys for allowing me to, to do this podcast. I I feel, uh, yeah, it's, a, it's an opportunity, and I, uh, I also want to – just before I dive into it, I want to thank you guys for what you're you're doing here as the Standard Red Journal for for this industry. It is um, it's truly amazing, and kind of from a I'm going to call myself a little bit of an outsider looking in. Um, I don't think you guys quite realize the impact that you are making on the end, entire industry. And it's, to me, it's, it's huge. And I just, I want to thank you guys for, for that. Um, because, you know, I'm invested in, in the industry and, um, it, it's amazing. Like, uh, Q Hall, for instance, wouldn't be as successful as he is if, if you guys wouldn't be doing what you're doing. So I recognize that. Well, we appreciate that. And it's a lot, and Mark can testify to this. It's a lot in the listeners, um, for the podcast, for sure is we get requests for a lot of stuff as far as also in the in the standard bread journal you know we're trying to make this whole thing that everybody's involved and i think mark gets more phone calls uh than i do but he definitely gets we get a lot of input from sure. from guys that are in the industry and that's a big one that and even in the journal we get a lot of ideas um i even remember you approached me about doing that gatefold and you know that's a total new avenue and uh stuff like that you know, that opens up a whole new avenue of stuff. And it's an idea that comes from, you know, one of our people, one of our customers. So I appreciate that too. Yeah. So why don't you kind of tell us the reason behind uh, Q Hall? I mean, we really haven't known you for a long time. You just kind of jumped into the standard bread industry. If you want to tell us a little bit about your past and, and, and the purchase of Q Hall, and then we'll jump into kind of your last year, how it went, and then as well as in this next year, what it's going to be looking like. Sure. So, um, I mean, I don't consider myself new in the industry. Um, I've, I mean, I've been in, exposed to the standard bred horse, you know, since I, I was a little kid, but uh, definitely new in like owning a, a breeding stallion. Um, and like most of the people probably know, I I owned the the stallion Hiro. Um, I was very involved in the Dutch breed and still am. Um, and you know, I, I get asked this a lot, you know, how did you find Q Hall? And honestly, I didn't, he found me like that. That is the honest truth. I, I was not out looking for, for a stud, let alone a standard red stud. I had just, uh, probably six or eight months before that sold 
my what I call my heart horse, Hira. Um, and you know, it was some some of the some of the people know this, probably a lot don't. Um, you know, I had we had just uh, lost one of our main guys got killed in an accident on my construction crew and and that summer was it was pretty rough like i i just somewhere i had to cut something out um and it finally came down to you know it's it's going to be hira we did everything we set out to do with him and somebody else can take it from here i just had to figure out how to spend more time in my construction company and so we we made the decision to sell him um and you know if i'd have probably waited six or eight months uh, to make that decision. I, I probably would have never sold him, uh-huh. but, um, you know, I feel like when God closes one door, he opens another one. And so, you know, me finding Q, it wasn't me going out looking for him. That's for sure. It was, uh, I was, I was sitting at center hall at the seal, um, chatting with a good friend of mine, Jonathan Peachy. And he started talking about this horse and, and I was like, well, what's, what's going to happen with him? And, is he for sale? And he, no, he didn't think he is. He said, the owner's here. You know, do you want to go meet with him? I was like, yeah, sure. So I sat and chatted with Amos Gingery for quite some time. And, uh, yeah, he told me his story, which sometime you should you should have him on here. Like, how he found Q Hall is, it's it's truly an amazing story. It really is. Like, the horse found him, too. Um, it's, it's amazing. And, uh I soon gathered that uh, big money isn't going to buy this horse. Um, he was offered a lot of money and from different uh, parties. Um, but it, I soon, I soon seen that uh, what Amos wants for the horse is what what's he wanted the best for the horse, and and he seen in his um, community that he probably can't give the horse that, and. So I soon seen that uh, that his vision for the horse and my vision uh, for not ne- not even necessarily for this horse, but for a stallion and how I like to market and and promote a horse could really blend together. Mm-hmm. Um, so you know, I just started talking his language. You know, what what could I do? Um, how could I make you you? Know, your dream horse, your once in a lifetime horse. How could he fit into my, to with me with Stormy Ridge? Uh-huh. Um, and it was months of going back and forth, and I I know I ended up paying less than what what he was offered, but I I incorporated into you know him breeding royalties, uh, you know breeding rights to the horse, uh-huh. Um, uh-huh. and and. You know, I still keep Amos very much involved in the horse because, for one thing, I don't have a lot of standard bred mares. He has a really, really good group of mares, and I think it's important that every stallion owner um, has a group of mares back in his stud. Yeah, and yeah. and that's where like Amos is valuable, and he's he's very hands on. Like he, there's nobody that that's uh, a bigger supporter of this horse than Amos, and he's going to breed eight, ten of his best mares every year to the horse. Um, and that's going to be huge in the horse's future. There's, there's no doubt. Yeah, I saw <clears throat> that when we were out at your place when the East Coast harness sale was. We were at your place there. And he was there and like just talking there the whole evening. You could see he's like a live supporter of Q Hall. He sold him, and of course you 
kind of kept him, you know, involved in him and stuff. But you would have actually just talking with him there. I mean, he still looks at it as, you know, he's still got ownership in him. Yeah. Like, and yeah. he's like so bought into him as far as like his whole heart. And and I love that part <clears throat> about it. I mean, I'll, I'll still call him, um, you know, every move I make, you know, like, what do you think of this? You know, do you think, you, do you think it's going to help the horse's future or hurt it? Cause, cause I know what this horse means to him and, and I know his support behind the horse, um, means a lot to me and, and the horse's future. Yeah. Definitely. What, just curious, what made you, uh, <clears throat> let's talk about, okay, his pedigree for starters. He's an Andover Hall son. Andover Halls aren't going to be anymore. And the impact he had on the industry, but, what made you have interest right away in this stallion? Or what, what was it that, that Peachy told you that made you think it would be interesting to find out more about this horse? Well, um, I mean, I, I know Jonathan Peachy has had some really great horses. Um, I think he has a good eye for, for a good horse. And um, so when he said he don't feel there's anything, this was his opinion, He's, he don't feel there's anything on the market like him uh-huh. i was like really um so that got my attention yeah. right there and then when when i went to look at the horse for the first time down at uh nate at pleasant hill farm uh, and they they pulled him out of the stall and set him uh, you know had him in the cross ties um i i guess for me uh all if you look at all the great horses in every industry um you know what's one thing that they kind of all have in common not maybe not all of them but a lot of them and that's an eye their their eye uh and he he does it to you yeah um q's got he, he's got that eye so that was the first thing i noticed and honestly when we hooked him i wasn't all that impressed um you know he was had stood a whole breeding season and hadn't really been worked that much but there was still there was just a couple moments and that that moment in the cross tie that that did it um, and that's a, a first impression to me, and that's why I think it's, it's important huge. we can slip it in here that if you have a stallion and you can make a good first impression, that's just amazing how lasting that can be. It's critical. Yeah, it's extremely critical. But another thing that's definitely not hurting you, he's an Andover Hall, uh, and his dam, what, what, what's his dam side looking like? He's out of a Muscle Yankee dam, um, which I think if you if you look at, you know the proof's kind of in the pudding. There's a lot of there's a lot of and of the great horses, Yankee yeah, with like. Muscle Yankee dams. Um, and you know, at the time, you know, it, it was maybe you call it luck. I don't know. I didn't know that Andover Hall was going to retire. Or yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Um, when when you know I bought him, I had no idea. Uh, but when I when I saw that re- uh, press release the first time, it I was I got chills. I was like. The best Andover Hall son out there is gonna breed a lot of mares. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I'm not saying I have the best one, but uh, I I just knew at that moment like this could get, this could this, this could, could get work. Big. Yep, exactly mm-hmm. right. And so I'm excited. I know for a fact you had a really good year last year. You bred a full book of mares. Is that right? Yes, we yeah. did. Mm-hmm. And then you're gonna be obviously on the stallion star wall, and and it's it's exciting to see somebody buy a stallion and have that kind of success with the marketing you did. Um, but what, what can, what's your plan for this next year now? I know you've got a couple things that you're thinking about for this next year. 
do you have what what are your ideas that you've been generating in your mind for next year sure uh well the the big one is uh lifetime breeding shares and when i bought the horse it, it honestly never even crossed my mind to sell breeding shares to to the horse um i mean i knew they did it with ozzy and a couple others but it uh just it didn't really cross my mind until you know his book was full by the second week in january and people were like i mean if i had one person ask me i had 30 people yeah. ask me yeah are you gonna sell breeding shares um and i i was like well i don't know i maybe and and i so i started thinking down that line and and i know that um it's it's expensive. Like you invest a lot in a breeding share. And I guess my thought behind it is um, if, if you don't, cause it was frustrating to a lot of people to get a no, his book is full. You uh-huh. know, well, how can I get in for next year? Well, maybe, uh, I mean, what we're doing for this year is, you know, everybody that bred last year gets first chance because we feel like uh, they invested in us. Yeah. They, they, there's no fault. There were no foals on the ground. They went out and on faith and said, you know, I think you got a good stud. We're going to breed to him. And I appreciate that about everybody that bred. And I, I, I recognize that. So they have first chance to breed back if they want to. Um, at this point, you know, with, with us selling some breeding shares, his book is close to full already. Yeah. So I realize it's frustrating to people that can't get in. And, and I feel like breeding shares is, is a way for people to lock it in so that they're not getting a no every year. Well, and you've just bought, you know, a small uh, ownership of the actual horse. So automatically every year you can have that breeding, and that's the only way you're going to be able to. uh, Yeah, I'll tell you my thought process behind a breeding share. I bought a breeding share. Uh, I actually bought two, um, obviously not of Q Hall because they weren't available. But um, uh, the reason I did it is – I think it's a way to stay in the horse industry. If you want to invest some money and have zero headache and overhead, um, mm-hmm. it's a way to invest and you can insure them. You can insure, you can get insurance on your breeding shares. And, and, uh, the neat thing I just saw, if you guys do buy a breeding share from Jonathan, he's got a packet, beautiful folder. And in there is an insurance card. If you need somebody, you can call them, uh, for your insurance, for your horse. But, but the thing about it is, is this, here was my thought process. If I can buy it and it's a good stallion, and I, I've got one mare um, because I'm on the road a lot and I just don't have time. I can advertise that breeding fee and sell it every year. And once that thing is paid for, boom, you're set to go. And if you look at the commercial horse industry and you watch that, and and I'm, I'm not saying this is there right now, but it could get there to where our breeding shares, if you would have brought... Bought Chapter Seven shares for thirty thousand dollars, okay, for a share. Right now, you can sell them for one hundred and twenty to one hundred and thirty thousand, okay. There's a there's a one of my neighbors. He bought five, and you can just imagine where he's at right now. You know, and but and I'm not saying, but I'm, what I'm saying is, you're buying a share, you're investing your money. If the stallion makes it, the share prices are going to go up. That's just the way it is. Then you've got your share, and you can sell breedings every year. I think it's a good investment. I really definitely. Do. And the other thing, the other beauty, I think, behind a breeding share structure on a horse, uh, on a stallion, is anytime you have 50 people or 100, however many shares you sell, pulling in the same direction, 
It's powerful. Yeah, exactly. It's powerful. And and if you own a share, you are somewhat invested, and you pull in the same direction. Yeah, um, and you're not going to breed your worst mare to that share. For sure. Exactly. You're always going to breed your best mare, and that means a whole group of people going the same direction, breeding their best mares. Um, so it works on both parties, definitely. So and, so what do we have to do to buy one, Jonathan, or what? what's the plan here? I mean, just record a podcast with you and we get one, or how does that work? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, so there was uh, going out of last year's breeding season, there was a list of probably – 30 people that said, if you do breeding shares, let me know. So that list of people, we, we put a call in to, to all 30. Um, and in 2023, I'm selling 40 breeding shares. Uh-huh. So I gave those first 25 or 30 people first right of refusal. Um, I gave them till the end of October. Uh, and then I ran an ad in the, the triple H. I did a fold out there and I ran an ad in the uh, standard bread journal. Um, that's going to come out middle to end of October and kind of that's, you know, it's now open to the public. Um, so basically call me and the first, you know, 40 people that uh, commit, they're, they're locked in. And what we did for this year, um, just because I, I recognize that, you know, his breeding shares are going to be 17.5 um, and that's one breeding per year for the life of the stallion. Uh, you know, I recognize that's a that's a chunk of money, um, and it's an investment. So we we threw in a an incentive, I guess you'd call it. You can buy that additional breeding um, for three thousand, which his stud fee this year is thirty five hundred. Uh-huh. So you get five hundred off of an of an additional breeding um, if it goes like it went last year, and his book you know is full by the end of the year, which it it looks like it probably will be. That if you don't use that additional breeding, it's going to be worth a lot of money. Exactly. Uh, um, last year, they some of them sold for twice what they paid for them. You yeah. know, so um, you know that's kind of a an incentive to the shareholders. Um, they're not required to take that auxiliary breeding. It's an option. Yeah, yeah. Um, I like that idea. Another thing that that I wanted to just while we're talking a little bit about the stallion. You know, an Andover Hall Muscles Yankee, and one thing, a cutting edge is always, if you can have an edge in, in a couple industries, it's always good to be there. But there's not a lot of stallions uh, on the market that move the way he does that have got a record of 152 and made over a half million. Uh, so so technically, you, you're shooting at two markets in a way. And, and I know for a fact there's another stallion out there and, uh, you know, from Middlefield and you know, he moves right, he's good, and he's also, he's got good money, he raced good, and he's a Muscle Hill son, and his, he's got a, he's got a daughter that is winning in the sire stakes. So, and, and once that happens, and then you get two markets converging down on that, mm-hmm. and, and that's always better than just, you know, going at, actually it's three markets. If you go with, a, you know, the, you got your show market, you've got your buggy horse market, as well as your commercial racing market. Mm-hmm. So, and that, that'll that just help you in the long run. And and we did breed some commercial mares last year, yeah. for sure. Um, yeah. So with the, with the record that he has, it, it certainly could happen. It does look good. You know, it Definitely. does look good uh, to somebody who, who, wants an, who wants a different option. And, I, and I'm not making light of the stands that never raced or don't have records or things like that. But I'm just saying, here you've got a little more options when you go to market your horse. Definitely. For sure. You got her. Well, that's great. Um, can we 
why don't you just tell uh, the guys on here on the podcast your phone number so they can call you? Because uh, some of these guys might be calling you before they see the ad. Sure. So uh, my phone number is 814-280-1121. And uh, Nate Fisher at Pleasant Hill Farms, he, he's the one that's going to be standing to you and, and managing the the uh breeding shares uh-huh. uh and and nate's number is uh 717-874-7291 and i just want to take a moment i guess to to thank nate and his crew uh for the amazing job they've done with this stud uh, nate is a young guy that that's just starting in uh the stallion standing um the breeding end of things uh he's been at it a couple years but um, if, if I can say this, uh, Q has kind of helped him get on the map and that, that just, that excites me, um, to, that I was able to help him, uh, climb the ladder. That's just, that's huge. And, and he does such a great job. Um, and I, I think there's a bright future for, yeah. for him in yeah. the industry. Exactly. I really do. Um, and I don't know for sure, but but Pennsylvania there in that area could definitely use probably a guy like him. For and, sure. Yeah, exactly. So very exciting uh, to hear about that. But again, just a big thank you uh, for you coming on here and, and talking about Q Hall, your support and what you do. Uh, listeners, if you have interest, any interest in the lifetime breeding shares, call Jonathan. Or if you just want a breeding, uh, definitely get your calls in uh, because like you heard, he's just about book full and if you have any interest in the Andover Hall line on the top side, uh, that'll be the way to go. Uh, if, if I could just add one more thing before we go off here, uh, just just want to thank everybody again. Um, you know, in, in this industry, uh, I, I feel newer here than, than some people. And um, I guess for me, uh, I just, it's amazing to me how many great people that I've met um, in the equine industry uh, that have impacted my life in a positive way. And, and I feel blessed to be part of this. So thank, thank you guys. It is a, it is a good industry to be in. Definitely. You got it. Thanks guys. Thanks a lot.